0: Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is sponsored by DS Beverages, Paul Bunyan Country's distributor of Anheuser, Bush, and Budweiser. By Northern Surplus Northern Outdoors in downtown Bemidji, Bonded Lock and Key, your home for Liberty Gun Safes, and Pine Ridge Service. This is the final edition of Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors for this year because beginning Monday, Fish and Paul Bunyan Country is back. And, of course, Fish and Paul Bunyan Country will be a daily fishing show for 20 weeks through the spring, summer, and into the fall. And we are actually going to get you ready for Fish and Paul Bunyan Country with today's guest, a regular on the show. Well, he's been a regular on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country now for, I don't know, has it been five years, maybe? Yeah.
1: Feels like 20.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it's it's difficult, I, I understand. They're always drilling me with these questions. <laughs> Dr. Andrew Hayes, of course, from Bemidji State University's Aquatic Biology Program, Annie, I just wanted to talk to you about some things because we've had you on, I could say, for a number of years asking these questions, but uh, I just happened to see on Facebook uh, something that had been put out by the BSU uh, Publications Office about uh, the the how important – Uh, the Aquatic Biology Department is starting to become in helping the DNR with a number of projects. Um, So I just thought uh, we'd take a little time and find out what what it is you do with the DNR and how that relationship works.
1: Sure. So the Marketing Department at BSU uh, decided to start to do faculty, I guess, snapshots in their magazine. And because of the cool work that's been going on with the DNR and other local agencies, they thought that I would be a good first pick for that. Okay. So... uh, They really were just kind of interested in how things got rolling as fast as they did here at BSU and what I've done to try to, I guess, foster those relationships. So I think before I even started my job, but I knew that I was hired, I went to the DNR office in Bemidji and asked if I could help out in any way. And the first couple things they asked of me was just to come out in the field and get to know them and... I can remember pulling a seine Hall, a big 100-foot Sane Hall up at Red Lake with Tony Kennedy, the Large Lake Specialist. And you know while we were doing those things, we were talking about potential research projects, and things just kind of blossomed from there. So that's kind of how I got the relationships going at uh, BSU and c- connecting the agencies with Bemidji State University.
0: I would think it's it's a great relationship for both ways. Number one, for the DNR, they're always searching for funding, and don't you know? There's never enough for all the projects they need to do. They've got some people they can work with and help them. And for obviously, for you and your students, it's great practical experience in the field. Right. I'm I'm really a facilitator, so they
1: obviously come to me with the questions that they could answer, but they just don't necessarily have the resources to do it, right? And mm-hmm. if I have a graduate student or a group of undergraduates that can really focus their time on some of those questions, that's where they see the big benefit, right? A, a, a graduate student working full-time on a research project can really do a lot of really good, excellent work. Right? So uh, like I said, the first question that they came to me about was the American white pelican population up there on the Tamarack River. And they just, the locals and everybody involved with that system kind of knew that there was a lot of birds there, right? But they weren't sure how many walleyes were actually being consumed and what kind of effects this was having on the actual lake population that everybody angles for. So that was the first one that we tackled. And you can see how it's kind of outside of the the realm of what they would typically do, right? And uh, so they just uh, were able to help, and BSU also helped fund a graduate student to really tackle that question, and we came up with some really neat answers and and found out that the pelican population up there was having a very minimal impact, uh, barely even measurable, on the natural mortality of the walleye in that system. Okay. And that makes a lot of sense. If you think about it, the Red Lake is huge, and there's so many walleye there for, you know, you'd have to have just an unbelievable number of pelicans there consuming those walleye to have a dent in the total population that, that that's a testament to how good of a fishery that is mm-hmm. right
0: and a relief to all pelicans up there that, that <laughs> for they, sure they, they won't be <laughs> and targeted too, now. right yeah. uh, so we went into that
1: with a very unbiased approach and um, i mean nobody wants to have to control an
0: organism like that
1: right, right. so the results of that were breathtaking right mm-hmm. <laughs> and just a relief
0: for everyone what so, are some of the other projects you guys have been involved in
1: uh, so currently we have some uh, two really neat ones going on uh, the eel pouch or burbot population on Bad Medicine Lake. Nobody has really done a whole lot of research on eel pouch or burbot before. So we recently put 60 transmitters out there in fish, and we're going to track them around, track their movements and their mortality rates and what habitat they're using over the next 13 months. Those transmitters will ping every 13 minutes, and we have okay. enough arrays out in that system to be able to know where every one of our fish is every 13 minutes. It's just amazing the technology. Wow. Right? That's we have millions of data points after that happens, and then the next, the other big project that we have going on is, I'm sure we've talked about the controversies of musky stocking in the past on the mm-hmm. show. We're going to really investigate their diets in lakes that have Cisco and lakes that don't, and compare them to walleye diets, northern pike diets, and largemouth bass diets, and see how these organisms are really interacting and what the potential effects are of stocking musky into a system that didn't have them prior.
0: Okay, so we're we're not only – I mean, I think it's been pretty well established that they don't have a direct impact. They're not eating all the walleyes. A lot of people yeah. used to be scared they are going to be eating all the walleyes. Right. That doesn't happen. But there might be more they're taking maybe some of the food that walleyes and northerns and other fish might sure. have gotten in the past. So that's some of the – that's kind of what you're trying to determine here.
1: Everything likes to eat yellow yeah. perch. Right, right? Uh, So they're all sharing that resource. And okay. then Cisco is another big concern because they're the sticks of butter. They're swimming around in the lake. Right? When there are Cisco present in a system, walleye become larger, muskie become larger. Right? So if they're competing for that resource, uh, there's possible indirect effects, like you mentioned. More of the great outdoors with Kev Jackson next on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors.
0: Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, sponsored by Pine Ridge Service, DS Beverages, Bonded Lock and Key, and Northern Surplus Northern Outdoors. Check us out on KBUNSportsRadio.com. Click on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, and you can subscribe to the podcast on Podcast One and iTunes. Again, starting Monday, it becomes Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, still available on Podcast One and iTunes, still on Facebook and Twitter. And still at KBUNSportsRadio.com, but will be a daily. And we are talking with one of our regulars from Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, resident aquatic biologist from Bemidji State University, Dr. Andrew Hayes. I do know, as I've talked with a lot of people over in the Leech Lake area, your name has been brought up with some, uh, some things you work with them on at Leech Lake as well.
1: Sure. I help them develop their management plan down there, I sit on that advisory board. Uh, with a, a numerous other community members, so they usually like to have one academic person on those committees. I was selected to do that, and that's just been a fabulous experience working with them. We also have a graduate student right now that's going to start to look into the cormorant predation okay, uh, on that lake and, and see uh, whether the current control level that is occurring down there is correct and, and what level of mortality is being posed imposed on the age zeros and age 1s. Okay. Yellow perch and walleye in particular by the cormorants. So that's going to be a neat a project that's ongoing with uh, Cody Coyle is the name of that graduate student that's currently working on it. Great student. So, okay.
0: Did you do something with Rusty Crayfish at one time on that? That leap? was my predecessor that Okay. did that. Yep.
1: Okay. Uh, Dr. Don Klopman. Yes. Did some work down okay. there
0: with that. All so. right. Um, so the, uh, the aquatic biology program at Bemidji State has been around? Since the 70s. Really? Yeah, a long time. Okay. And
1: mm. since I started tracking the number of graduates or that are, or number of students that are involved with that program, there's been basically a linear increase, right? And we've just recently topped 100 students that are actively in that program. So, okay. substantial growth. Three main professors Dr. Gilda, Dr. Cook, and myself. We each have our area of specialties, mine is fisheries and aquatic ecosystems. Dr. Gilda is the streams an invertebrate specialist, and then Dr. Cook is our wetland plant lake specialist. So. Okay.
0: Now, didn't you just get a, um, a hard water research facility?
1: Right, yeah.
0: Tell us about that.
1: Uh, so Glacier Fish House, uh, they helped us in conjunction with some leveraged equipment funds through the campus, uh, basically donated a, a fish house that. Biggest, baddest one they could, right? Dual axle, hydraulic lift, all of that, and then we outfitted it uh, very particularly so it would suit our research needs. So it's it's very open layout, uh, has the ability to close the windows all down so that we can use the dark hole or the the, the spearing hole to be able to visualize what's going on down there, and uh, put a beautiful wrap on it to help us promote BSU. You might have noticed it's like Northern Lights Mm designs, hard water research lab, right? And then we had some also generous donations from the the Nelson family to help pay for a lot of the equipment that would help outfit that. So zero cost to the campus, all from from donations or other grants that uh, we used it for the Bad Medicine Research Project. It was down there for the entire surgery period on those fish. And was used for three weeks down there.
0: And What's that project?
1: No, oh, where we're tracking the burbot. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. In bad medicine. Oh, that's a bad medicine. Okay. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. So that gotcha. graduate student pulled the house down there. Okay. Use it for that three week period, and it was home base uh, for that. And that's how I really envision right. using this thing: is when we need to have a home base that's remote. This can be there for us. Right. So how
0: really, many? Oh, yeah, go ahead. How many students do you have in the in the uh, department now?
1: Uh, in aquatic biology. Yeah. Yeah. It, we just peaked over 100. Okay. So, and I anticipate that to keep going up. Uh, if it keeps going up, we'll probably need some more faculty <laughs> members. But right now, we're doing excellent with what we have.
0: And what is there? Is there a a trend in what they want to be doing once they're out of the program and graduated?
1: I I always encourage them to keep their options open as much as possible. It's a limited job market really Uh, the jobs are fabulous right everybody the biologist positions are always ranked in top 10 of you know potential jobs you could get out of college Uh, but there's just not quite as many as there are businesses yeah so if they keep their options open are willing to move around the country don't say i'm just going to work for the minnesota department of natural resources uh, be open to work for u.s fish and wildlife service environmental protection agency pollution control agency um, all across across the country at least early on in their careers That's a great thing. But I think a lot of them really envision managing the resources that they are very uh, fond of, right? They all enjoy uh, these aquatic environments because they're so fabulous, and they want to ultimately be the ones that are managing those and making sure we're making the best decisions for our uh, future generations. Okay. What, What kind of placement does the program have? So my last cohort of fish research students, all nine of them were employed by the time they graduated it's a good Uh, rate yep one (laughs) of them was a full-time position the rest were all bouncing around from temporary jobs that are eight month long and uh, so that's why I say keep your options open about grad school as well we've had a lot of our past students be very successful at getting into graduate school and several of them have gone on to get their PhDs now since
0: I've even during my tenure Uh, go ahead let's talk to uh, high school students for a moment Maybe students that are thinking, I'd love to do this for a living, what kind of classes should they be taking right now in high school to maybe give them a little bit of an edge going into college? Math. Math. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay. If you think about it in fisheries and aquatics, anytime you want to try to estimate anything, you use math to do that, right? Okay. Uh, If I want to know how many fish are in Lake Bemidji, how many walleye there are in Lake Bemidji, I need a solid foundation in my math skills to be able to do that. So the trick is, is to get our students interested in math early on by allowing them to look at math in a light that is related to things they're very interested in. I I can remember just thinking math classes in high school were painful, Yeah. right? It wasn't until I took some math classes that allowed me to start estimating fish mortality, fish abundances that I was like, wow, this is awesome, Right. And then I really wanted to get good at it. And then the other thing that's surprising, too, is writing. Because oh. we not only do the math, but then we have to be able to write about those in our reports. And if we have dozens of grammar mistakes, it's, it's a burden to read. Sure. So math and okay. communication. It's the foundational skills that we really need are very important in fisheries. It doesn't hurt to, to learn about science, too, well, of course.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so all those kids who always say... Why am I going to use this math in real life? Well, you are.
1: Right, right. Okay. If I could do high school over again, I would go through all the advanced placement courses. I chose not to do that at the time, but yeah. uh, I would, again, if I, if I had a chance, I would do that now.
0: Students are interested, obviously, get some information on BSU's website. Um, for sure. Set up a tour, all that good stuff.
1: Yep, great biology website, a great BSU website, and in particular, just uh, do a Google search for my name, Andrew mm-hmm. Hayes. And look at my website, and all the research is laid out there very clearly. You can see my publications, the past graduate students I've worked with, all of the really cool undergraduate research, research that's been going on. Okay. Those students that receive A's in my courses, I put those up on my website as well. So. Okay.
0: Well, and as a matter of fact, uh, those undergrads uh, put together a list of questions, and those are the questions we will be posing throughout the coming year when we ask the uh, aquatic biologist every Monday on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Andy, thanks for joining us today, and I look forward to grilling you throughout the summer. I look forward to it too. Again, it all starts Monday. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country will be on KBU 101 FM at 1240 and 530. And on the bun, KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 at about 1240 and 4 o'clock. We will talk to you then. This has
1: been Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hear it exclusively on KBUN FM 104.5,
0: Thursdays at 1240 and Saturday mornings at 8.